You're listening to Quran 30 for 30, the Ramadan podcast that reconnects us with the beautiful words of God, one juice a day, with your hosts, Sheikh Omar Suleiman, Sheikh Abdullah Oduro, and a new guest. Let's experience the beauty of the Quran. And everyone, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Abdullah Samir Ali min al-Shaytan al-Rajim, bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wal-udwan illa al-zalameen, wal-aqibatu lil-muttaqeen. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa barak al-abdika wa rasulika Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathira. So when I said you're in for a special treat tonight, um, we have, alhamdulillah, Sheikh Sulaiman Hani, who is with us, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, who actually has uh, recently written a paper uh, for Yaqeen on the question of evil. I'm very blessed to have him with us, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. Sheikh Sulaiman, welcome to the Welcome to Quran 30 for 30. Barakallahu fikum, Sheikh. And so when I typed, when I, when I actually put online that we have a special guest, uh, I've got to say, man, uh, a brother named Rami on, uh, on Instagram wrote, uh, you know, Sheikh, is, do you have an angel appearing? So, because uh, I talked, <laughs> so he actually got me laughing. So this, we don't have a special guest appearance by an angel tonight. Uh, but we do have Sheikh Abdullah Aduro. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Allahu Akbar. Now, why did I say, though, uh, tonight is a special treat uh, if you've been watching the Angel series? Because, subhanAllah, if there's any juz in the Quran where you have uh, a heavy presence of angels, particularly in regards to their interaction to us, uh, it is this juz in particular. And so juz 24 is the juz of the angels, is the juz of the malaika. So, we'll just go ahead and get into it, inshallah ta'ala, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to do justice by tying these all in together, inshallah ta'ala. So, in Surah Al-Zumar, uh, we covered the first half of it, which ties into the previous juz, which speaks about the groups of people that are showing up on the Day of Judgment, the arguments that people are having with each other because, uh, you know, of, of people that led others to misguidance, the uh, consequences being faced, the leaders in, in disobedience and disbelief being challenged and then uh, supplicated against by their followers, the believers resting comfortably, uh, seeing that the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has come true. And now we get into the second part of Surah Zumar, uh, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has, as we said, Arja ayah fi kitabillah, the most hopeful verse in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ Say, O my servants who have transgressed against themselves, do not despair from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, Allah forgives all sins, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, uh, forgiving and merciful. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a call to action. Okay? Uh, to turn back to your Lord and to submit to Him. Don't wait for that punishment of Allah to come to you. You're being invited and it will come to you suddenly when you're not paying attention and it will be too late to rid yourself of the consequences. Now, I mentioned the three excuses that are made here. And so uh, Allah tells us about these people that refused the invitation to his mercy and they call out to Allah with the following. First, they say, So first, they express regret for the mockery that they put forward, uh, for that which they associated with their Lord. And they say that I found myself, I was amongst a sahirin, I was amongst, I was just doing what everybody else uh, was doing. I was amongst those that were mocking uh, the messengers as they were sent to me. 
أو تقول or it would say لو أن الله هداني لكنت من المتقين or a person would then make the excuse and say well if Allah would have guided me then I would have been from the righteous and the pious and so you see this is a person that's failing to take accountability uh, measures for, for themselves that's failing to hold themselves accountable and is always waiting for someone else to save them. And subhanAllah ties into the previous juz because you have in the previous juz very strong expressions of people that are upset at those who led them astray and those who led them to misguidance. And so here you have them calling out and they, uh, you know, they've got nothing uh, but uh, more escapism, more excuses and saying, if Allah would have guided me, then I would have been from the mutaqeen, I would have been from the pious. And then once those excuses have failed, I can't blame those people. Uh, it's, I can't blame Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for not guiding me. Now that all of those excuses have failed, uh, what happens next? That person sees the punishment in front of them and they say, If I had an, another chance, then I would be amongst those who excel. I would be amongst those who excel. And so in that, you have a sign, you have a, uh, a message that people that usually blame their environment, they don't take accountability for their own deeds and their own wrongdoings, and they try to put it off on someone else, or they say, well, it's God's fault. If God wanted me to be righteous, God would guide me. Or, you know, I just did what everybody else was doing, and it's that person's fault. If that person would have been this way, then I would have been that way too. They also are bound to have the paralyzing disease of procrastination. So this person now sees the punishment and they say, you know what, all my excuses have failed. If you send me back, not only will I not be from a sakhirin, from those that mocked, not only will I be from the pious, from the muttaqin, those that do what they need to do to avoid sin and to avoid the consequence of sin, but I would be from those who excel. I would go above and beyond in pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the problem, the, the problem is, of course, at this point, um, you know, that's, that's no longer there. But it still stands that Surah Al-Zumar, Allah is uh, inviting people to turn back to him, to repent, to make those changes that are necessary in their lives. Now, why did I say this is such a, a beautiful connection with the angels? Because if you go to the end of Surah Al-Zumar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الَّذِينَ تَقَوْ رَبَّهُمْ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ زُمَرًا This is where the name comes from. حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءُوهَا وَفُتِحَتْ أَبْوَابُهَا وَقَالَ لَهُمْ خَزَنَاتُهَا سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ طِبْتُمْ فَدْخُلُوهَا خَالِدِينَ Allah mentions those believers being brought to the gates of paradise in, in throngs. And as they're being brought to the gates of paradise, وَفُتِحَتْ أَبْوَابُهَا The gates are opening slowly. And they're looking out and they're seeing the beautiful, uh, the beautiful uh, gardens of Al-Jannah opening up before their eyes, things that they could have never imagined right in front of them. And as they see that, they are, uh, they're completely, they're completely, uh, you know, shocked by the beautiful promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala coming uh, into being, coming into existence right in front of them with those gardens of Jannah that they were promised. Because no matter how much you're told about Jannah, uh, it's different when you see it unfolding in front of your eyes. And so you get to the gates of Jannah. And as you're in front of the gates of Jannah, the gates of Jannah open slowly. They don't open rapidly. They open slowly. And you're seeing your place in Jannah. And who is there? The Malaika. The angels are saying to you, Salamun alaykum. 
They're saying, peace be unto you. What we seek from them on Laylatul Qadr, salam, to say peace unto the believers. Salamun alaykum tibatum. Peace be unto you. You've done well. Fadikhuluha khalidin. So enter now therein uh, forever. Go ahead and enter Jannah forever. And then Allah gives us this sight. Waqalu alhamdulillah alladhi sadaqana wa'da. And I purposely skipped for now the punishment part, the other party, because I want to speak about those who are from Ahl Jannah and we ask Allah to make us amongst them. Allahumma ameen. So here they are now and they're in Jannah. The angels are congratulating them and they are calling out and saying, Alhamdulillah, all praises be to Allah who made his promise came, come true. And gave us the earth to inherit, and now we may dwell in paradise wherever we please. How excellent is the reward of those who labored for the sake of God. And then what's the scene? And then you see the angels surrounding the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, glorifying their Lord with his praise. And judgment will have been made among them with fairness. And they're all saying, all praises and thanks be to Allah, the Lord of all the worlds. And so the angels are praising Allah as they're seeing the reward of those that have entered into paradise. Everyone is celebrating. You are saying hamd. They are saying hamd. Everyone is glorifying and praising their Lord at that beautiful uh, blessing upon entering into Jannah. And Sheikh Sulaiman and Sheikh Abdullah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit over time. Uh, today, but inshallah, I'll try to wrap up just to show this, this uh, beautiful tie-in in this juz. Uh, the next surah, Surah Ghafir. Ghafir al-dhamb wa qabil al-tawb, shadeed al-iqab, li-tawli la ilaha illa huwa ilayhi al-masir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 3, the forgiver of sins, the acceptor of repentance, the stern in retribution, the bountiful, there is no God but he, to him all are destined to return. And so the same, you know, Surah Zumar, Surah Zumar uh, summed up in one ayah is verse three of Surah Ghafir because it's Allah inviting you once again, but saying if you continue down this path, then he's severe in retribution as well, and everyone returns to him. Verses seven to nine of Surah Ghafir are those angels that we would hope to see at the end in paradise. So that's the very end when everyone's in Jannah now celebrating, may Allah make us amongst them with the Malaika, celebrating in the presence of the angels. Uh, and that's the end result. That's the ending that we seek, right? Now in this juz, you're going to move backwards, peel backwards. What are the angels doing right now around that throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So verse 7 through 9, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الَّذِينَ يَحْمِلُونَ الْعَرْشَ وَمَنْ حَوْلَ يُسَبِّحُونَ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ وَيُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ وَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا رَبَّنَا وَسِعْتَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ رَحْمَةً وَعِلْمًا فَاغْفِرْ لِلَّذِينَ تَابُوا so beautiful. The angels are right now uh, that bear the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are going around that throne extolling the Lord's glory with his praise. And they believe in him. And what are they doing? They're seeking forgiveness for the believers saying, our, our Lord, you encompass everything with your mercy and knowledge. So forgive those that repent and follow your path and guard them against the punishment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues, رَبَّنَا وَأَدْخِلْهُمْ جَنَّاتِ عَدْنٍ أَلَّتِي وَعَدْتُهُمْ وَمَنْ صَلَحَ مِنْ آبَائِهِمْ وَأَزْوَاجِهِمْ وَذُرِّيَاتِهِمْ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ And our Lord, admit them into the everlasting gardens. Basically the scene in Surah Al-Zumar, they're asking for that scene to happen with us, with the believers. 
O Allah, admit them into the everlasting gardens that you have promised them. Remember, the end of Surah Al-Zumar, the believers are saying, this is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah ladhi sadaqana wa'da. This was the promise we were made from our Lord. And now the angels right now are saying, O Allah, grant them the Jannah that you have promised them and those of their parents and their spouses and their progeny that were righteous. Indeed, you alone are most mighty and most wise. And guard them against all ills. For verily, he whom you guard against all sins on that day will be successful. To him, you would have surely been most merciful. And that is the great success. That is the great triumph. So right now, the angels are seeking forgiveness for the believers to basically take us to that scene at the end of Surah Al-Zumar. Now, subhanAllah, the wa'ad of Allah comes in once again. Verse 55, فَاصْبِرْ إِنَّ وَعَدَ اللَّهِ Be patient. Indeed, Allah's promise is true. And these two themes, sabr and the promise of Allah, patience and the promise of Allah are tied together inherently. So here, فَاصْبِرْ, be patient. The promise of Allah is true. وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكْ And seek forgiveness for your shortcomings. وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ And celebrate the praise of your Lord evening and morning. And lastly, move on to the next surah. What stands between us and that scene, entering into Jannah and realizing what the angels are asking for us right now and what we are asking for ourselves, for that moment when we are gathered around the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being told, peace be on to you for the patience that you had, You've been purified. This was the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's come true. What stands between us and that is death, right? And here, verse 30, Surah Fussilat, subhanAllah, inna ladhina qalu rabbuna allahu thumma staqamu tatanazzalu alayhimul malaikatu alla takhafu wala tahzanu wa abashiru bil jannati allati kuntum tu'adun. SubhanAllah, I'm just going to summarize this because it's important to tie it in. That those who say our Lord, Allah is our Lord and remain steadfast, Upon them descend the angels at the time of death, and they say, Do not fear what is to come. Do not grieve over that which you are leaving behind. And receive the glad tidings of the paradise that you were promised. That you were promised. We, were your, we are your companions in this world. We will be your companions in the hereafter. And they start to tell you about Jannah as you're still as your soul is still leaving your body in this world wait till you see the promise of allah everything that you could desire all that you would ask for nuzulam min ghafurur rahim this is this is only made possible by ghafur ghafurur rahim allah the most forgiving and the most merciful and i'll stop there inshallah ta'ala but you see subhanallah all the scenes of the angels tie in this juz of 24 and I apologize, uh, Sheikh Abdullah and Sheikh Suleiman, I took way too much time. So inshallah ta'ala with that, uh, I'll pass it on and just make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow that to be our reality right now and our reality in the hereafter. Allahumma ameen. Now, mashallah, it's very interesting that you, uh, you uh, alluded to this beautiful verse. Uh, started with these verses because the verses that I choose are right after that. <laughs> Verse number 33 to 36. So it's going to be 33 to 36 uh, that we see in this beautiful, beautiful chapter of Fusilat because as Sheikh Omar mentioned, 
that the ones that qalu rabbunallah thumma istiqamu they had the they had the statement of their tongue and then they did istiqama they were upright and then they had a firmness in what they preached or what they said and you know there's a hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam where a companion came to him and he said quli fil islami qawlan la as'alu anhu ahadan ghayrak the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked he was requested by a companion, he said, tell me a statement that which if I was to say it, I would not need to ask anyone. Basically, whatever I say is sufficient for me in practicing my faith and exemplifying my belief in Allah and in you, O Messenger of Allah. He said, Say, I believe in Allah and then stand firm upon that. And that istiqama is the same thing that we ask, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mustaqim." guide us to the straight path, the path that doesn't have any alterations in it, or it's something that is straight, upright, honest, truthful, full of sidq, and full of honor. And that is what uh, Sheikh Omar mentioned in verse number 30. And then after that, the blessings from the angels were mentioned and their characteristics, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, is going to promise them that promise of Jannah. But then here we see in verse number 33, I want to talk about briefly something that's very, very pertinent to, I mean, everything in, this, in the Quran is pertinent to our reality. There's no doubt in whatsoever. But I want to capitalize on something that is pertinent to our situation now within the last 10 days and particularly later to Qadr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse number 33, So here he says, what is a better statement than the one that calls to Allah and does good deeds and said that verily I am from the Muslimin. Da'ilallah, that they call to Allah, whether they are telling people about Allah directly from their statements or whether it is from their actions. But particularly, it's, you find the number of the Mufassirin mentioned, it is them calling to Allah and some even say it is the Adhan. You know, when you call the Adhan, and Amil Salihan is the performing the prayer after the Adhan. But in any case, it is where one exemplifies their integrity in what they believe as a Muslim. When they show that they are a Muslim, and when, if they are asked, they say that they are a Muslim and they have full integrity in representing that. They're comfortable in their, they're comfortable with their belief. This is what is rewarded. But to, to, to remember that that comfortability does not just come overnight. It doesn't, come be, it doesn't come to you because you're born a Muslim and your father's a sheikh or mother's a sheikha or you have a family that is religious. I mean, we even see with Noah, salam, his son said, his own, Noah's own son said, no, dad, I will go to this water. It will protect me. When Noah was in the ark, he said, and do not be from the disbelievers. Ride with us, get on the boat and don't be from those that disbelieve. His own son. So we see that the reality of the one that, that has the colon, uh, calling, that, that calls to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it requires effort. And every single one of us have that opportunity. Let's not say it's a challenge. Let's say it's an opportunity to show that gratification, to, to show the uh, gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he says, saying that verily I am from the Muslims. You have no shame in saying that because you know who you are doing it for and why you're doing it. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on and says, And evil and good does not equal one another. E equal or not good, at, uh, the good deed and the bad deed. To repel the evil by that which is better. 
فإذا الذي بينك وبينه عداوة كأنه ولي حميم سبحان الله he says here and thereupon the one whom between you and him or her was enmity will become as though he was a devoted friend to where if someone was to say something bad to you many of us in our are in our homes now in any situation you know as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned that anyone was to you know, to curse you or to say something bad to you, you should respond by saying inni sa'im inni sa'im verily i'm fasting verily i'm fasting if it's outside of ramadan take the bigger route to where take take the better route to where if someone was to say something bad to you or bad about you or your faith or you as a muslim or you as a muslim woman or you as whatever nationality take the better route and say salama i think sheikh omar covered that last night at 1 a.m. talking about the khatib al-mujahidun qalu salam if the ignorance come to you ignorant ones come to you and say say something to you say salama turn away or silence if it's online and people are cursing you and using your name wallahi the best treatment is silence don't say anything because they're wondering what you're going to say when they know that you know that they said something about you and you're quiet that is the best treatment because it makes them think and ponder while wow, they aren't saying anything and they see that it doesn't affect you to a certain degree to where you don't respond with the same it's better to take the higher route and not say anything and even better than that to ask Allah to forgive them for verily they are acting upon ignorance as the prophet saw some even said about the quraish that were physically harming him and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions after that wama yulaqaha illa alladhina sabaru wama yulaqaha illa dhu hawdhin azim and then he says but none is granted that except those who are patient and none is granted it except the one having great portion of good so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions here that those will never reach that maqam or that position of being the one that repels an evil with something better with something good ahsan and as we know hasana comes from beautifying something so when you do an action of someone that does something wrong to you you know they've done wrong they know they've done wrong and you repel it with something better the only ones that reach that level are the ones that are patient and what's interesting here stabin hashur mentioned he said that illa alladhina sabaru that he says except for those that are patient meaning that that they were individuals that consistently practice patience you're not born with this it's something that you hold yourself you suppress that anger that you may have for a better situation you know someone that is patient with their son with their mother with their their family member they're patient and that is what Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says no one will reach that level except the one that is patient and the except the one that has good fortune and the good fortune some scholars say is more general patience is the ra'sul amr is the is the best attribute of having this uh, a, 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 a good characteristic of those that is the hawlin alim and then Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala continues on to talk about if the shaitan was to poke you fasta'id billah shaitan was to try to affect you and whisper to you then say, "A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim." Fasta'id billah, innu huwa sami'un alim. That verily he is the all-hearing, the all-knowing. Why am I saying this in the relationship to Surah to be uh, the, the, the night of Qadr? And I'll end here. There's a beautiful hadith that many of us may know that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was coming out to tell the people about Laylatul Qadr. Fatalaha rajulan, as in a hadith in Bukhari, two men were arguing. Then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. that i was going to tell you all about the laylatul qadr when it would be farufi'a but it was raised and some scholars say that he forgot 
But in any case, that when he was about to tell them about Laylatul Qadr, because two men were arguing, Laylatul Qadr, the night of Laylatul Qadr, what night it was, was taken away. But then the Prophet said, Inshallah khayran, iltamisuha fitasir wasabir wal khamsa, o khams. He said, then try your level best to arrive at it in the seventh, the, the ninth, the seventh, or the fifth, being the 29th, 27th, or 25th. In any case, many hadith around this issue, but we know that at least in the odd nights, that wants to try their best to approach Laylatul Qadr. But just to remember, try your level best to be the bigger person in the argument, if there is an argument, or not if, when, because we are human beings. And just remember to take the better out and do that which is beautiful, beautiful for yourself, Beautiful for the situation by doing dafir, by repelling the evil in that which is good. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that arrive at this beautiful night of Qadr. Ameen. Zakallah khair, Shaykh. I appreciate it. And Sheikh Suleiman, it's, a, it's really a privilege to have you on tonight. Alhamdulillah. I've been looking forward to it, uh, you know, from the very beginning. So please do tafadlal and take your time, inshallah ta'ala. Barakallah fikum. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Uh, you mentioned yesterday, Sheikh Omar, the summary of three themes for Juz 23, uh, which was preparing the heart, cultivating the dhikr in the heart, and seeing through the fog. And I, I really want to emphasize that with Fusilat in particular, uh, the theme continues with clarity, seeing through the fog with clarity. Uh, Surah Fusilat is one I have a strong love for. I, uh, I did a deep dive tafsir of the Surah a few Ramadans ago, and it has very powerful proofs of prophethood as well as proofs for the divinity or divine nature uh, of the Qur'an. The tie-in that I see with what you mentioned about the angels uh, with regards to Surah Fusilat is, is actually tied in directly to the passage that I wanted to focus on. Surah Fusilat, for a quick uh, summary for those who may not know, uh, Fusilat meaning it clarifies everything. It's the clear truth between uh, truth and falsehood, uh, what is right and wrong, good from evil, morality and vice, light and darkness, uh, a book that is clarified, elucidated, very clear. You cannot deny and you cannot come up with excuses after considering the statements of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the surah. And within the surah, I, I feel that one of the strongest themes amongst many others is that humility is clarity. Humility is uh, truth. Humility is part of the epistemology in seeking God, finding God, submitting to God. And you mentioned, Sheikh Omar, the example of the angels and their humility. And the, the passage I want to focus on, 37, 38, and 39 of Surah Fussilat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about some of his signs. And the surah has many signs within it. Amongst his signs are the day and the night, the sun and the moon. Do not prostrate to the sun or the moon, but prostrate to Allah who created them all if you truly worship him alone. So we begin here with the theme of humility. فَإِنِ In the next ayah. But if they are too arrogant, if they are too proud, meaning for sujood, to prostrate to God. Uh, let them know that the angels who are close or with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nearest to your Lord, they glorify him day and night and they never grow weary or exhausted. Now here we have in the Quran one of 14 or 15, sajdit tilawa, a prostration for recitation. And this is a very important one. And this is why it's uh, referred to as hamim as-sajda. So there is a prostration here. 
the theme of humility becomes more important. If they are arrogant, meaning if they think that it is below their dignity for them to listen to you, O Messenger of Allah, for them to uh, persist in their ignorance in which they are involved, then let them know that there are creations that submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they do exemplify humility. Sajjid Tilawa here is taking place uh, or it is occurring at a moment in which the entirety of the universe is being referenced as a sign of Allah and it is submitting and responding to Allah. Previously in the surah, the, the heavens and the earth said, we come to you, O Allah, willingly uh, and humbly and submissively. And here too, we are submitting and we are humbling ourselves before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this brings us to the crux. Verse 39. And amongst Allah's signs is that you see the earth devoid of life. But as soon as we send down the rain upon it, it begins to stir to life and to swell. Indeed, the one who revives it can easily revive the dead. He is certainly most capable of everything. In Surah Al-Hajj, Allah says, Hamida, here Allah says, Khashia. Was because Allah was discussing the uh, power, the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the creation of the universe and the creation of the human being. Here Allah says, You see the earth devoid of life, but the word khasha, which is also linked with humility here, it's being referenced after a sajdatilla, after a verse about prostrating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So once again, the theme of humility, the humility of the entire universe submitting to God except for the jinn and the human beings who have free will. And they must choose and they must purify themselves to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so I want to share just four very quick gems and I'll end with this inshallah. On this note, the note of humility and sujood, the first gem here with this passage of, of sajda is that the most powerful exemplification of humility is the state of prostration. It is sujood. It is the closest position a person is to Allah. The Prophet said the closest a slave is to Allah is in prostration. So increase your dua, increase your supplication. Number two, if you humble yourself to the lowest position, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises you to the highest of ranks. In a worldly state, you might consider yourself ahead or behind other people, but these types of measurements do not matter to Allah. Rather, it is about your humility before Allah, your submission to Allah humbling oneself physically and spiritually in sujood raises one's ranks. And the third, Ibn al-Qayyim says about sujood that it is the secret of prayer. It is the uh, greatest uh, or the greatest pillar of the salah and the seal of the ruku'ah. And all of the other actions of salah are like a prelude or a warm-up to the sujood itself. The second gem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Verily the one who gives it, the earth, life also gives life to the dead. So here we reflect with regards to khushu'a, humility, reflect on the powerful submission of sujood and how one quality prostration, one quality sajda brings life to a dead heart. We have seen and we have all experienced in different ways that w when a person really puts their heart into it, that one sajda might be the sajda they start to cry in, that one sajda they start to open up in. That's the one sajda in which they feel their iman increasing, they feel themselves remorseful, over their shortcomings, grateful to Allah, humbling themselves in this position physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So as a reminder here, put more effort into your sujood and you will experience life in your heart which cannot be found anywhere else in this world. The third gem here, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us, إِنَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ He is powerful and able over all things. No matter how distant you are from Allah, or how dead you feel your heart has become, or how hardened it is, or how impossible your situations or your difficulties, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ uh, powerful and capable and able over all things, he can change your situation. But humble yourself to him, submit to him, pray to him, and don't delay that humility. Don't wait for another day, don't wait for another month. This might be the last opportunity. And the last gem here, gem number four, is that the devil's sin was one of arrogant disobedience to Allah. He refused to prostrate, and he fell to the lowest of positions. The position of arrogance blinded him and clouded his judgment from seeing with clarity. And a person who is looking for truth and looking for God and looking for success and looking for happiness must submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no shortcut to humility, meaning it must be done. And as a result, they are raised to the highest of positions. We cannot afford to skip or miss a single salah. And when given the opportunity for many nawafil, many voluntary prayers, we are not in a position where we can afford missing out on these opportunities because one of these opportunities will be our last. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give life to our hearts and to keep our hearts alive. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us humbly submissive until the day that we return to him. This podcast was brought to you by Yaqeen Institute for Islamic Research, dismantling doubts and nurturing conviction, one truth at a time. Tune in tomorrow for the next episode and subscribe to this series. If you like this episode, you'll love our other content. Visit yaqeeninstitute.org or download our app from the App Store. Until next time, this has been Quran 30 for 30.